we talked about how it takes courage and we kind of teased this out, Jim, like you just kind of left yep. us in a cliffhanger <laughs> and like listed out six courages and then just kind of like dropped it on us. So it's almost like I felt like yeah. we needed to do a part two of this series to kind of get this going. So today will be the six courage and we want to talk a little bit about that. Welcome to this week's episode of Wabi Sabi. You and I have been both, obviously, from our last week podcast, we talked about us traveling and speaking, and you ran an event. I'd love to hear more about that. I was speaking yeah. in the UK, and you know what? We talked about how it takes courage, and we kind of teased this, this out, Jim. Like, you just kind of left yep. us in a cliffhanger <laughs> and, like, listed out six courages and then just kind of, like, dropped it on us. So it's almost like I felt like yeah. we needed to do a part two of this series to kind of get this going. So today will be the six courage, and we want to talk a little bit about that. And, and yep. Yeah, so why don't you introduce that title? Before we start, Lawrence, it would be remiss of me <laughs> on this grand occasion for anybody who's not watching this on video, you need to go on video. Yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, yeah. Lawrence has finally gone through all the trials and tribulations and he's finally got his office set up. He's got this beautiful wooden paneling in the background. He's got his mic. He's all kitted up. And we just, I'm sorry, but we just couldn't launch into that without at least giving it some kind of acknowledgement or ceremony, Lawrence. Oh, thank you. I'm back, baby. Like, Mike, I finally got turned <laughs> on this computer and these, get this mic on for over a year. And uh, yeah. my, my, my son was here, actually, when we were, um, I turned the computer on. And, like, you know, when they showed the email and, or emails or something and messages, it was like, Dad. Why does it say 2022? <laughs> it's like literally a year ago. Because uh, like that's because this has been in storage just for a year now. So yeah, yeah great to be back. And uh, yes, I love the setup so far. And yeah, I hope this. I hope the viewers like it too. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And you said to me as well. Listen, if I if you see me, this is just before we start recording. If you see me deviating from side to side, it's why, Lawrence? Why? I why actually, I'm standing on a wobble board at the moment, and okay. it's like a, yeah. almost like a skateboard. I don't on a skateboard or anything, but I bought this yeah. wobble board, and you get the balance, and it's just like I'm just yep. trying to train my uh, proprioceptions and keep my body Perfect. moving, and uh, I figure yeah, somehow like it will it. make my paddle better. <laughs> okay, and and last last week you also shared. Uh, speaking of that, your thumb was injured. Uh, yes. So how's it coming along? How have you adapted? How have you been it's, in yourself? It's, it's getting better. Uh, it's, you can see it's a little bit bruised, not as yeah. badly as it was uh, the first time. I, it's Honestly, it still could be broken. I have no idea. Uh, I didn't get yeah. an x-ray yet because there's really yeah. nothing we can do. But it's yeah. getting better. I can't grip yet, but uh, yeah. it's getting better. I'm hoping that I be able to pick up a racket next week and let's give it a go. I, All right. So you've been just training around that training around. Yeah. The... I've been, I've been doing some CrossFit still mostly Metcon. Yeah. haven't lifted any weights. Just been a lot of doing running burpees and, you know, yeah. squats, air squats and stuff like that. And so I was able to kind of modify. And I think, you know, that's the yeah. thing, like, you know, if you think about, it was funny, right. I had a, uh, I was, I was there and a couple of friends were there and like a colleague of mine sort of said, Hey, he goes, Oh, what are you doing here? Then with that thumb, like, I mean, if I had that thumb, I would have taken two weeks off and just sit there and relax. And I'm like, no, because I don't want to be, I don't want to have yeah. to come back two weeks later and have to fight through that pain of just being like trying to fight back that fitness. And I'm like, I'd rather just do a little bit and as much as I can yep. to kind of go in to do that. And I think, you know, let's talk about this courage thing we're kind of talking about because it, it leads into this, right? Because yeah. one of the things I recognize yeah. is that, yeah, I'm injured. And it does take a little bit of courage, I think, take a little bit of courage yeah. to go like, okay, what can I do? What can I do to show up and still show up, but actually do something? I think that could be a challenge yeah. for all of us because it's in, it's in our mind, right? Like 
yeah, I, it's a thumb, right? I know it still seems so yeah. silly, but you know, let's face it. Like you, you don't have your thumb, you can lose a lot of like action. But I was like, no, I can still yeah. show up. I can still run. I can still, you know, I can't yeah. do a burpee. I don't want to jump on the ground, but I can go down slowly, right? I can just modify yeah. the push-ups with dumbbells just to hold on, so I don't have to put a stress on my finger. So like, there's things that you can do, and I think what is this is lesson this week has really taught me is like, show up. That's one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, two yeah. is modify, do whatever you can to do, like do something, right? You can always make changes. And I really found myself trying to make excuses, but then I realized I caught myself and go, you know what? No, like you don't have to make excuses, like make it adaptation, adapt to something. Yeah. And I think that's the mentality that I think, you know, that I've really learned from our conversations through all of this yeah. that has really helped me really think through about life and every day-to-day -day activity. And I think to me that is the essence of what why we started like we always said yeah. at the beginning of this podcast was it's just us having a conversation and you you listeners are actually just part of that conversation and hopefully you're enjoying yeah, it we're really doing it for ourselves really and we've right. just if people are voyeuristically just tuning in and just listening to a conversation really yeah. that's the essence of it yeah i'm, I'm learning a ton and i, I know that yeah. you are too same, same. and it's uh we're making each other better i think that's the key element too yeah. so Anyway, so Jim, let's talk about the courage. Like, let's describe I'm gonna, it. I'm going to incorporate. That's right. So, there's actually what you were talking about. I was happy to keep you let you keep going because it actually leads perfectly into first form of courage I wanted to talk about. Right, mm. and I'm going to give it one extra example, and then I'll, I'll go into it, which Perfect. is physical yeah. courage, which is the first one. Right. So, you talked about training around a broken thumb and the adaptations, and and I totally get it. The psychology. The, it sucks to give up gains and then you have to get back and start that again. That first couple of weeks of getting your fitness back sucks. Mm. And I, I, I agree with you. I would rather do whatever it takes. And it hit me a lot because, you know, you and I just before we pod, um, said podcast today said, hey, listen, I'm watching the Conor McGregor um, uh, documentary on Netflix. And, right, and he was a perfect example of a guy who had a broken thumb as well who's training and going, I can't do this, but I can do that. And that, to me, epitomizes exactly what you were talking about, right? So to me, the first level of courage that comes up that I want to talk about is the physical courage, right? Because mm. most times when you talk about courage, most people think about this. They think about the battle, the physicality, and what it takes to get into a fight, into a onto a sporting field, into a contact muscle, whatever it is. The bravado. And right. that... Bravado. It's actually, that's what it is. It's effectively physical courage is really bravery. Mm. And there's something about this that psychologically I'd really love to unpackage because when you talk to people who exhibit physical courage, they will risk, they put their body on the line, sometimes for a game, for a sport, whatever. But you've also got a, a category of people who have taken this as a calling in their life, mm. whether they are soldiers, whether they are, you know, firemen. You remember the, the footage of, you know, twin towers going down, everybody's running this way, and you've got a group of guys turning around and running into danger. Yeah. Now that, you know, we honor these people for doing that because it's it's valor and bravery, and it has to be, you have to override the natural primal instinct to go run away from danger. So mm. let's unpackage physical danger and give it a perspective from, from your point as well too, Lawrence. Sure. Like I remember the first time I tried CrossFit. I avoided a CrossFit for so long. And I think it was a mental thing. I was so scared watching like these big guys and muscular guys doing these crazy things. I'm like, I'm just not built for that. And when I found, when I moved from Perth to Sydney, I lost my trainers and 
don't know. I just thought like, okay, we're going to have to give this a go. Like I don't, I'm, I'm criticizing something I actually just don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And so I showed up and they had a, like a six-week on-ramp session. So we basically, they take all the newbies and they go through a six-week sort of on-ramping just to make sure that, you know, we don't burn us out on the very first, you know, wad, mm-hmm. right? They just want to slowly kind of amp up. I remember showing- Show and tell, show and tell for basically, for, for that, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Just like ease your way, ease you into the pain, right? And I remember the very first time and I was dying, man. I was dying. I was like, I thought I was relatively fit, but I was like on the floor sweating. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like this, I'm like, I'm dying on the on-ramp. Like I was going to be when, when, uh, you know, when I actually, actually join a class and, you know, slowly, sure, surely you start to gain your confidence and you start working on your skills and you, you start getting better. But I guess my point is, is that Physical courage is something I never really explored until mm. I sort of pushed myself through through that CrossFit. And one of the things that CrossFit did allow me to do, and I'm not like, you know, anybody can see, but I'm not freaking massive like those CrossFitters. Like, but I put my body through that the rigorous of CrossFit training. And what it has taught me is two things. It has taught me that my body can actually produce a lot more than I actually thought. Mm-hmm. And that in itself goes to the second point, which is that it translate that ability to know that I got a little bit more in the tank has now translated mm-hmm. into other areas of my life mentally and also, right. you know, for business and also in life, there's always something more. And it really taught me that mentally, my physicality my has taught me that my mentally was that I was just tapping out earlier than I thought and mm-hmm. knew I had a little bit more in my, I didn't know I had a little bit more in me until I'd started CrossFit. So I think the physicality or what you think the physical courage is pushing my body and having the courage to go, okay, test my body, not like kill myself, but just like test it a little bit more. I was able to, and had a little bit of competition, have a little bit of people around me has really taught me that there's more than what I think I got. And uh, mm. so that's, for me, that's the physical courage that I, I've experienced in my life. Nice. And you know what's going to show up here is that you've outlined the steps that you've taken to lean into the physical courage, right? So we're going to go through another category or several categories of what we're going to talk about. And I'll, I'll declare physical courage for as long as I can remember. I've always been involved in combat sports. Mm. I've always been involved in physical sports. So this one is the one that I can find my way of getting through. Some of the others, I'll go to water, you know. Right. So it's not just because you have courage in one area, you can exhibit uh, courage across the board, right? Mm. And I'm gonna, definitely going to share some examples of where the disconnect between those really shows up in people's lives and how, that, how it affects them. But for me, physicality, because I was taller and bigger than most people, I guess it gave me a persona, a bulletproofness, I guess, if you think about it, because most of my life, I had a, there was a physicality around the way I went about things. I could walk through a situation and and there was a presence and I acknowledge it in hindsight and I used that to my advantage. What got me about jujitsu, and a lot of times people say to me, what is it that connects you to to that? For you, you mentioned the draw to CrossFit. For me, it was like I finally went to a martial art that it was, did not matter what size you were. Mm. You could still get mauled by someone half your size. Yeah. And what it did for me, who was used to just plowing through stuff, when I first went onto the mat, yes, getting through the drills was hard enough, but I got schooled by people half my weight Mm. and half my size. And I went, hang on a minute, this is not how this has always happened. This is not meant to be happening. And so, and then I went back again, same thing. I got schooled and schooled and schooled and suddenly went, I am curious. How is it possible that you are defying 
all this. And so to me, I had huge respect for people who had the physical courage to step on a mat to do that, but then also who sh- gave up half their body weight against someone to fight against and still beat them. Mm. So to me, it, it stimulated the the intrigue in me to go, how is that possible? And I need to know more. Yeah, I, th- I think it's really interesting because like, when you start to think about the perception that we have of ourselves, like I've never imagined myself, you know, lifting the weight that I've done. And even when I was in CrossFit for about four mm. or five years, I didn't do deadlifts very well because I told the story in my head that I can't because mm. every time mm. I did it, I hurt my back and because I had mm. a bad back. And that's the story I told myself. And that cognitive bias that I had affected my behavior and actions. And yeah. what I found interesting was like, it was, yeah, sure. I couldn't do deadlifts, not because of bad back, because I had poor form. And because poor yeah. form, I had poor muscles, muscle engagement. And because of that, I never trained it. And because I never trained it, I was weak. So it wasn't yeah. like because I had a bad back. It was just like because of all these triggering like thoughts around that I had that made me you know think differently. And so really what I've learned over the few years is that, yeah, like, yeah, I can't, I may not be able to lift as heavy as some people but based on my body weight, but I kind of look across and I'm like, I'm not trying to be a competitor. Like I'm not trying to be an open mm. competitor. I can lift weights that, are, you know, percentage wise, I think I'm doing pretty good because <laughs> I only yeah. weight like 68 kilos. And I always imagine myself, you know, like I, I was always being made fun of that. I had like ping pong legs, right? Ping pong legs is like, that's my game. There's no, I don't have the strength as, you know, say someone like yourself, just natural DNA. But it doesn't mean that I can't take on certain exercises for you. Like for you, like I know, like, for example, our body weight, if you put me on a a pull-up bar and it's burpees and pull-ups, I guarantee you, right? I I guarantee you it's something that I can probably take someone at your size because you have to lift your body weight where my body weight's so light, I can just kind of turn them over a lot faster. So it's like, I have certain, that's what I love about the sport of CrossFit. It's like, I have my advantages in certain Hmm. exercises where I can take on the biggest guys and they have their advantages when they, when they have, you know, when it comes to heavier weights. But the point of it is, is that is recognizing like your weaknesses and your strength. But if you don't yeah. test, you don't have the courage to put your body through that physical toughness, mm-hmm. you're never going to know what your body's actually capable of. And I think yeah. that's the thing that we're trying to get at is that you got, you know, the courage that we have to have is to push our body to that limit. Great. Yeah, that's a good distinction. And I think just before we move on, that would be a good summary to go, you have to override the primal part of your brain that says this is going to hurt or this there's danger here. And you have to be able to find a way to either quieten that down, neutralize it, or find a way of creating safety even while you're navigating things that potentially are strenuous or harmful. So if you're playing sport or football or et cetera, there's a level of physical courage that you have to do to step onto the oval or onto the ground, and you have to accept what comes with it. But I just found that the more you do that, the more you lean into that. And and that's why, I don't know if you've ever noticed it, Lawrence, but whenever women particularly say, I'm going to go and get um, some personal training, and we go, great, awesome, what are you doing? I'm just doing some boxing classes. The moment they put on gloves and start hitting a bag, they go nuts. They love it. Like it's a really prime. – I'm not sure if you've ever noticed it, but they love it so much because there's a physicality which a lot of them up until that point may not have had a reference for. And the moment they connect it, they lean into a physical courage or a discomfort that shows them something about themselves. Yeah, we always got a tiger and lion in us, right? And it's, it's like finding that, yeah. finding that ability to show up once in a while. And it's not like, yeah. I mean, we're all intelligent enough and also have the smart and, you know, the wisdom to 
allow it to show up when they're required, not we have control yeah. over it, right? The problem is, is yeah. that physicality is when people don't have control over it. And I think that's the mental game, but you need to know it's there. You need to yeah. know, and this is where we see, you know, when there's an accident that happens and some, you know, a mother lifts the car up, you know, because a baby's or kid is trapped underneath. Like those are the, the moments, like it's in every single one of us. And it's just that it's got to be tapped in at a certain level. Great. Awesome. So I think that's a really good way of number one, talking about physical courage. The second courage that I'd love to expand on is a little bit different. It's social courage. Mm, All right. So with social courage, that's a tough one, man. Like, and, and we talked about this briefly last time. But fundamentally, it's socially you're you're not wanting to be exposed. It's picture someone who is going to prepare a speech or, you know, we talked about it with your son last week and the social courage of getting up there and talking in front of someone uh, takes a lot of guts. If you are a writer, if you are creative, you write a song, you write a book and the moment that you give birth to it and let it go, there's a level of social courage where you're going, I hope this is okay. There's a level of fear that you have to cycle through and work through. To even just do anything, just put anything out there in public. Mm. So your thoughts on that one, Warren? Yeah, I mean, I was watching the Daco series on Ed Sheeran, the sum of it all on right. Disney. And it's very much like this where, you know, a lot of times as a, as a pop singer, you know, when he got to his fifth album, he's trying to release songs and it's like not caring as much about if it's whether it's going to be a pop sensation or not, he wants to put something out that that's meaningful and that's meaningful to him and tells the story. But even though he says that, there was also a moment where he says like, but I still do care what people think of it. Right. And so it's like that yeah. balance and, and being raw and authentic is really tough. And sometimes your raw and authentic, authentic, authenticity can, <laughs> it can sometimes, um, you know, catch you up. Right. It's just like, sometimes okay. it, it's, it, it's very difficult to be exposed Social courage is something that I had to really, really learn hmm. because I was, I don't think I was socially awkward, but I wasn't very sociable when I was younger. Yep. Uh, through high yep. school, I just wasn't, I just, from a physicality point, I was a nerd. I think I mentioned this before. Hmm. And hmm. I just hmm. didn't have the social cues to, to really, or the exposure or the experience to really be better at it. And it wasn't until university where I was kind of exposed a little bit more. And then I had to learn to step in. And I think each stage of my life, you know, every time I moved cities, like went from, you know, high school to university, I knew I had a chance to kind of be someone different and, yep. and I had to lean in a little bit socially and then I had to learn and get feedback. And then when I went from the university to chiropractic college, I, you know, got that again. So like, okay, got to lean in a little bit more. So it definitely was a challenge for me, you know? So if any yep. is like, oh, I don't have any of these courages. I'm like, well, trust me, we didn't all born with all these things. Like, I think, you know, we, we might have a really good one or two out of the six, but for me, social was really hard and I still, and awkward. I feel still, I'm very challenged by it that I have to really, yeah. really be intentional to step into it every single time. I like mm. we were just on the weekend, for example, uh, away and I didn't know everybody. I definitely don't, you know, they, they may know me. I have no idea, but it was one of those things that I had to like really get out of my comfort zone to go. No, like I need to show up, go say hi, go talk to people. And that, yeah, that's still uncomfortable for me. I'm still learning. I feel like I'm getting better at it, but the benefits of that, the benefits of that are, man, it's so amazing because I realized that I'm not the only one. There's probably only about 10 or 20% who are really socially great and have that, you know, mm. it just comes easy to them. They have that social power. But most of us are probably just waiting for someone else to step in. And so if I took the courage yeah. first, it makes them feel a little bit better. Yeah. Even just 
what you and I do, we write things, we record things, we put them out there, we record a podcast. That's social courage, you know, because there'll be people who might go, hey, man, this sucks. And it's like, okay, I appreciate your feedback. I really do. I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to keep going and doing it. I'll get better at it. But it does take a level of social courage to lean into the awkwardness and your own fear that goes, dude, you put it out there, it could be terrible. People could hate it and whatever. And the truth is, no matter, like you said, even with Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran still has to cycle through that. As great and talented, as amazing as a musician he is, he still has to cycle through that journey. So, you know, anybody else who's not Ed Sheeran is also a great opportunity to expand that within themselves. Well, they don't have the pressure. Like most of us don't yeah. have the pressure of like having to like best out our last, you know, hit yeah. album, you know, or last yeah. hit song. So, I mean, this message is clear for those people who are thinking about doing a podcast, thinking about shooting a video, releasing a song, writing a book, releasing a blog, whatever it is, like you're, you're afraid to do, like, this is the message for you. I think it's just to just give yeah. it a go. And it's like, we all got here somewhere by releasing one episode at a time. Yeah, that's no, great. I'm an introvert by nature, actually. So I have to cycle through that to get to, to put things out there. And it was made worse because when we moved countries, same sort of thing. I then had to learn that element in another language as well. So I've cycled through it a couple of times, but I'm a lot better at it now to the point where I go, listen, you know, this is who I am. I'm just going to work on it. My eldest son, he's like 27 now. When he was 12 or 13, probably actually a little bit younger than that, he was interested in being an actor. Right. And so he went and we took him to theater classes and musicals and stuff and what amazed me when I went to this class where they, they were teaching, I'd see, you know, 16, 17-year-old boys and girls, young, young adults, look you straight in the eye with a level of confidence and mm. certainty. And I just went, whoa, that was amazing. You know, so it really left an impression on me about how the discipline of putting yourself out there regularly builds up kind of calluses on your brain that gives you the confidence to do that again and again. Yeah. So you're not coming off, you know, if you're coming off a low base, it's going to be a big stretch to get out there and talk in front of 50,000 people. But you had to have been prepared to go out bat several times and keep doing that consistently as a discipline to develop the confidence over time. That's right. I mean, it all adds up, right? It all adds up. Yeah. And the other thing is he was, when he was 16, he was a model, right? He, he right. did a lot, a lot of modeling, my eldest son. And, he, you know, when we talked about some of the other challenges that came up, he goes, listen, I've trained jiu-jitsu and I've been a model and the critique and the criticism you have to cycle through to even just get up every day, that, I'm not scared of anything in those areas. So it's really highlighted to me that the environment that you put yourself into that challenges you regularly helps develop that element within you. And so whether it's physical or, so, or social courage, repetition and, and exposure therapy, so to speak, is going to help you cycle through that. Mm, love it. I love it. Right. So let's move into the third form of courage. And this one's starting to get a little bit heavier now, and it's moral courage, mm, right? Okay. Now, more, yeah, oh, I can hear the curiosity <laughs> in your voice there. So moral courage is, as a summary, would be having the courage to stand up for something that you believe in that may not necessarily be consensus. Mm. It might not be the view around you, but you know within yourself that it's the right thing or it's the right thing to you. Right. And it's having the courage to make a stand or take a stand and have your voice heard to make a point. I will readily admit that I think I'm low on this. Well, okay. If it's a strong moral thing, then I definitely will stand up. But I think if it's sort of like those borderline, well, I know what I stand for, and but yet like I know that it will be socially 
unacceptable, say, let's just say yep. there's a topic like yep. that. I think I tend not to step in there. And that's something that I'm working on. I mean, I had to really wrestle through that yep. over the last few years for sure. You know, I was, yeah, that's definitely one of my weaker ones. Not, not because I'm not morally, <laughs> right? But it's, yep. it's like, have, but so I think that there's a difference. So I think that's what you're talking about is, is that morally consciousness, that's good. But the courage to step in, you know, to, to affect others, that, that becomes a challenge for me. Well, you know, when you study, when you study people through history, a lot of the times, yeah, we erect statues for people who exhibited physical courage and we give them badges of valor, you know, but moral courage is right up there. You think of Rosa Parks mm. sitting on a bus and going where there's segregation and told, okay, this is for this, you know, you're as a colored person aren't entitled to be here and her to go, no. Yeah, I'm making a step. That's moral courage. Yes, you know, and that would challenge people who are exceptionally comfortable in physical courage who would lean into that. So this is my whole point: is people have a perception that you're physically courage, you're ten foot tall and bulletproof, and yet would you have done what she did, yeah. or would you stand up for injustice or or discrimination or whatever whatever the cause is that makes you feel that? And a lot of the times, what they basically say: any time you try to negotiate with someone the the hardest area to get people's paradigm to change is through moral moral the moral paradigm the moral frame so i you when you said morally i believe like all of us know deep within ourselves what is right or wrong what constitutes the right thing or the wrong thing for one other reason we will override that and take another course of action but the at a really deep level and this is what i find with coaching is when people are in contradiction to those things They'll either sabotage themselves or they'll get an outcome and they just can't enjoy it because they know it's in conflict. Mm. So an example would be, you know, imagine you advocate health and you are benefiting incredibly well financially from something that harms people from health perspective. So at some point you've gone, okay, this is important to me, but I'm making a lot of money as a result of it. So there's a moral conflict. Yeah. And this is actually a really tough one in humanity. Yeah, I, I, I think like if I look back at my wife, for example, Karen, I think she has really strong moral courage to be able to kind of stand up and, you know, in situations like when it's quick and decisive, I always want to have to sit back and like just observe mm -hmm. where she can actually just go right at it. And I think it's, it is a challenge. I think, you know, when you said about Rosa Park, I think a lot of us would like to say or feel that we would have done that, yeah. but I will readily admit that I am not sure if I was putting, yeah. like, it's easy to say that on a stage or whatever, yeah. but to, yeah. to put, if I put myself in that situation, like, would I, I don't know. I, I just would not know. And that's the honest truth. Right. And I think that's yeah. what most of us don't know, Lawrence. Most of us don't know. We talk up a big game, but when the rubber meets the road and you're put in that scenario where you're going, there are huge repercussions here yep. for your decision. You're going to go left or right. It's really easy to say, yeah, I would, unless you're right in the heat of it. And I think that, yeah. So I, that's what my point is, is that I think most of us would like to think that we've done it and it's easy to kind of contextualize it and theorize. But when it comes to doing it, I don't know if most of us would, and that's why those statues, you know, or those, the memorial of those people are so rare, right? It's because yeah. there's not that many who actually would do it. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a fair point. I think that's a fair point because there's all the repercussions, all the, basically the scare tactics, except whatever the repercussions of being a person who stands up and challenges consensus in everybody else at, at a lot of times at the risk of their own livelihood at their own uh, basically the risk of their own safety you know whistleblowers 
Look at that. Mm. You know, quite often we have to have, you know, a lot of the times they were sacked when they're doing the right thing and you have to have whistleblowing legislation to protect people who are doing the right thing because it's the right thing because a lot of the times there's pushback and repercussions as a result of that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's huge, it's moral courage. So, big one. Yeah, and like I said, historically you look back through and, and you can say, that would have taken a lot of uh, gumption, a lot of um, courage to step in through that one. And I think you're right. You've highlighted perfectly. We don't know what it would be like. And I think the only thing that would override it is if, if something meant more to us than life itself, that's when we'd actually go, I don't care, whatever it takes. I'm actually, I'm in, I can't, I can't go against this. Mm. So that's a big, it's a big decision, particularly when it relates to career changes for people. It generally shows up quite quite a lot so if you thought that one was big the next one emotional courage is a huge one and these are just getting harder and harder as it go up here it okay. is it is right. yeah it does right, man. It feels, it, it's it's not the temperature in the room um in it's your new room that's going up it's but they are but like it's it's deliberately designed to be confronting but emotional courage is really you know uh, brene brown particularly has been talking a lot about this over quite a few years and it's really about the power of vulnerability mm. Now, emotional courage is quite often, you know, let, let's be honest, guys traditionally mask up. They don't want to show what's going on. They don't want to communicate that they may be having a problem or struggle. So consequently, they're like, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's great. She's good. No problems here. When in actual fact, they're hurting inside. And so emotional courage is really the preparedness to say, not overshare, not to, but to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I need some help. Yeah. I, I can't do this by myself. Can you help me? Yeah, that, that's a, one of those things, I think, especially for men. I think it's really challenging. Yep. And, and that's obviously, I think over the last five years, though, I think more and more focus has been on this. And I think it's starting yep. to make a shift and make a difference. It's still very difficult, though, because, you know, you're talking about, you know, 30, 40 years of living that way for, you know, especially for sort of, you know, people in my, our generation, that could be really challenging to break up that story. And it, mm -hmm. it affects everything that you do and how you act and, and also can go a long way. I just came back from uh, having lunch with uh, a friend of mine here. And, you know, as unfortunate, I won't name any names, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, he's uh, just got some diagnosis from his, about his wife and it's not good. You know, we're, we're mm -hmm. you know, it's terminal and he's younger than me, I think. And like, we're talking weeks and months. And, it, mm. you know, and you can just tell the, the, the hard part is desperately needing help, but afraid to ask it, you know, and, yeah. and, and that's the emotional thing that being vulnerable to go, I don't want to inconvenience anybody. But it, even though all of us are like there leaning in to go, hey, like anything you need, like just just say it and we'll, we're there. But that's challenging, right? For someone who yeah. like, you know, for especially for people who have you know, haven't had that courage to be vulnerable, to show that side, it's very hard. And that's what I mean by it can change the behavior and actions and then possibly the outcome of how things can turn out, whether or not you're vulnerable enough to ask for help. And traditionally, a lot of people struggle through business when their lives or their relationship, not asking for help because they feel like, man, this is only happening to me. Like, why is it? But the reality is that, you know, you and I both coach people and we know like, I mean, I had a client come up to me and say that today. He goes like, am I, like, is this happened to everybody else? Or is it just me? I'm like, no, dude, like, this is, yeah. you know, this is the story I hear every single day. Like you, to you, it might yeah. be like, you're the only person who's going through this, but yeah. it happens all the time. But that's the thing, because we don't talk about it. We don't talk about our problems. Yeah. We don't talk about yeah. like how difficult business can be or relationship can be. And because when we're not willing to open up, 
then, mm. you know, we're never really going to get to the core. Um, I yeah. mean, we can talk about strategy all we want, but the reality is actually how you emotionally deal with this. How do you have the emotional yep. strength to kind of ride through this and the mental fortitude to go through this emotionally? That's what is important because at the end of the day, we all want to be happy, don't we? Like we just want to yep. be happy. Yep. And so how do you yep. do that? And I think being yep. emotionally vulnerable to allow people to help you and to reach out and to be able to share like your deepest feelings. I'll end this with one more thought here, which is I think people need to remember or this is something I realized, I guess, that when things happen, when you have an emotion, you know, when you have some sort of emotion that comes through you, you don't, can't really control that. Like you feel what you feel. Do you know what I mean? Like something makes you angry, something makes you happy, or something makes you like pissed off or frustrated. You don't need to justify it. You just need to be aware of it and acknowledge like, this is how I feel. And you have to be able to, I've learned <laughs> over the years of being married, it's like, I have to have the courage emotionally mm -hmm. to be able to yeah. say to my wife and going, it's not you, but like, but when you do X, like, yeah. you know, yeah. this makes, it makes me feel this way. Like it's not, mm -hmm. I'm not blaming her. I'm just letting her know that when something like that happens, it makes me feel kind of whatever it is, fill in the blank. Yeah. Yeah. I have to have the courage to say that, but most people, and I've done this many times when I don't say anything. But then what, what does that do? Like just, you know, mm. eats at me and it makes it worse and I start blaming us. And you just create these stories. But the reality is just like, I just feel what I feel. Like I can't control yeah. that. I don't, I don't yeah. like it that I felt that way, but I did. So I should, yeah. I should be aware of it and I should talk about it, right? Because I should actually be vulnerable enough to go, hey, you know, there's no judgment. I hope that, you know, my wife and I can talk about this, but no judgment and realize I'm like, let's try to get to the cause and why does that make me feel that way? And oftentimes it's probably something that, you know, affected me when I was younger. Right. And yeah. therefore it's a yeah. trigger. It's like a memory. I'm like, okay, now we know. And then now we can actually kind of go through that process and try to, you know, not fix it, but just kind of navigate through it. Yeah. Because traditionally in culture and society, we've conditioned that as a sign of weakness. And when you actually do that, when you're trying to get clear in your own identity and get some stability, giving up basically something that may give you a mark of respect uh, is a really difficult thing to do. This is a real out of all of them, this is probably the one that's changed my life the most, without question, because I was always the 10 foot tall and bulletproof guy as well. And, you know, probably over the last 10 years, I've been involved in men's health movements a lot because I, I went through a period I might have shared before, I lost like four friends in a month wow. to suicide. And every one of them were physically courageous. Hmm. Every one of them could have a social presence and yet, but they couldn't connect with what was going on for them. They tried to make it wrong. They couldn't reach out and ask for help. So consequently it got too much. And you, you know, it's really hard for anybody who's get, gets left behind their immediate family and, and the powerlessness that fear that is left in people around there because people can't work through that. So I've made it a mission to make sure that I table that as an important topic. And a lot of the times I'll go first. It's almost as if it's modeling that and making it okay. When my dad died a few years ago, my dad was a very stoic European male and hard as rock and granite. And I, I do remember that you know, in the last week before he passed away, he'd lost all ability to control bodily functions. Mm. And here he was lying in his bed and the look of shame that he had where he had to look me in the eye and said, can you help me? 
I, I don't think I, I, I never saw my dad cry my whole life except for last week of his life. And they really left a mark on me, you know, and it, I realized how hard that was for him, you know, in his eighties, never exhibiting emotional courage and, and uh, the emotional courage to cycle through and let me know what was going on. So yeah. I saw the toll on him and I, and I modeled that behavior as a kid up until I realized that this can't go on, you know? So the, the biggest and hardest area for me would have been that emotional courage that I had to really lean into. And it's been more terrifying than taking on anybody in any combat that I've ever done. The emotional depth that I had to go to to just cycle through it, I can't fathom. So this is why it's really good for people to go, yeah, I can do that very easily. I can ask for share and ask for help. But yeah, you don't understand, man. I'm, I was terrified by it right. because it meant that I was less than. So. One of the things that... You know, I've made a conscious effort when the kids were young. Uh, I might have told the story, but like I remember crying and making sure I would cry in front of them. Not like forcing my cry. Like mm. when if something came up emotionally, is not to shy away from it. You know, yep. and to really show the pure emotion of how I really felt. And it could be. I remember purely one time was when I uh, I made a mistake. You know, and I was apologizing to my son. And for the mistake that I did, you know, I, don't, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, maybe it was something like I said something that I shouldn't or judged him, or maybe I was a bit short or whatever it was. And I apologized in front of him and I, and, and, it, and just this flood of emotion came through me. And, but I, you know, it, you can easily kind of shut that down and, and just walk away. But I'm like, no, 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 wait, I need to just like, I'd be intentional. Like, I hope this is the way to do it. And then I just still don't know whether or not that's going to be the right way, but I want to show that to them. It's like, it's okay. Like it's okay to let well, two mm. things, right? One is, you know, your dad can cry, man can cry. Like it's it's mm. fun. It's part of the process. And two is also that uh, to let them know that hey, I screw up too. You know, I'm a grown person and I make yeah. mistakes. And I want you to know that that I apologize and I want you to know mm. that hey, we we gotta own own up our mistakes at, at times. So, like I think that is one way we can kind of shape the next generation. Not only does it help you, but I think it also helps the next generation and hopefully continues. Nice, nice. Well, we've cycled through the real deep emotional ones, Lawrence. They're going to get a bit lighter now. So the fifth area of courage that we want to talk about is intellectual courage. And so intellectual courage is really, in a nutshell, the ability or the willingness to challenge your own assumptions, to work out whether, hey, there's something that's, that you know, like what I thought up until now was what I thought, yet more information has come to hand, which challenges me and the courage to basically go, I used to think this, now I'm starting to think that. Not because you're being flippant, but you've thought it through and mm. went, there's a better way or a different way. So let's talk about intellectual courage and particularly along the lines of consistency and like sunk loss fallacies and all those kind of things sure. where we don't want to show that we were incorrect. Yeah. So this message is from my daughter who's listening and uh <laughs> <laughs> then your dad is right. No, I'm just joking. This this episode is dedicated to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm just joking. She's a great girl. Um, I I know she listens to the podcast every single week, and then it gets released. So I'm I'm proud of that. Um, no, I I think you know that's intellectual courage. I was wondering where you were going to go with this. For me, I would say that that took me a long time too. It took me a while because I felt that you know I think. This is probably like all all pair, all kids, right? When you go through your teenage years and you go through your university years and you kind of think, I, I know everything. Like I know more than my parents. Yeah. 
And uh, I think in your teenagers, you always try to figure out that you know more. And then there's not until probably, I say, mid-20s when you start really like, oh, maybe my parents were right <laughs> about certain <laughs> things. And But I think we all have to go through that cycle. You know, I think we all have to kind of go through that cycle. And that's the beginning of when you know that you challenge your assumptions that maybe you weren't right. And it, it's hard to... I think it's really difficult to for someone, for any of us, to kind of take a stand on something. And especially when you have the social courage to put it out there, mm. that challenge now is now going, I have now created an idea. Because if you have the social courage to stand out and say, I believe in X, whatever that is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden now you've actually created what we call an identity. And so now this kind of not creates a, a predicament for you because now yeah. if your assumptions was wrong, you have two things you can do here, which is what you talk about the intellectual courage to say was something is intellectual. So it would be like, one, you can either stand down and say, you know what? I screwed up. I effed up. And uh, yep. I was wrong. But most of us wouldn't do that. Most of us will double down on their identity because yep. that's the identity we identify with. And that's how we got Correct. socially credit, you know, credits for being that identity. And so therefore we double down and if any fact, we just go down that deeper into that rabbit hole. And mm -hmm. we see that all the time. If you watch any news, you know, especially the left and right or the like really political size on, on anything, it's really difficult to change your mind on any identity or any belief that you're strongly held onto because it takes so much courage to yep. do the first thing. And now you have another courage to kind of counteract Correct. that. Oh man, that's tough. That's tough. It is. And particularly like, the, you know, scientific rigor talks about the importance of bringing the most recent, most relevant evidence present, and you have to challenge your hypotheses regularly. And so if you're not prepared to do that, like our scientists by definition should be excelling in intellectual should courage. Be. Should that's it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Should be. And what happens is a lot of the times they go, no, like you said, I'm doubling down on this. I've made a point. I've gone out there. I've put myself out on the line. Now everything that I'm going to look for is going to be a confirmation bias to confirm that initial social identity or social point, irrespective of whether there may be information that's presented that's contrary to that. Yeah. And it takes a special person to go, hey, I've now realized that what I thought isn't correct. Um, I think I need to change my actions, my thinking, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, look, you know, without getting too topical, the last couple <laughs> of years have been hugely, uh, it's a big social experiment of intellectual courage, yeah, right? I, I, and people who were or were not prepared to challenge their own assumptions either way they looked at yeah. um, and look what it got us. Yeah, and I, and I said that right from the beginning of that, you know, or midway, and it's like the downfall isn't whether or not one is proven right or wrong. The downfall is the leaders of this world holding on to their ideas so strongly mm. because they have put everything on the line to hold on to these ideas. And there's not yeah. that many who, who would go, no, you know what? I screwed up the last few years. So sorry. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Like, you know, we're not trying to, no, we're not trying to make anything of this, but like, that's an example of having the intellectual courage to go, you know what? Hey, based on things I know now, and there's a few people who've done that, which is I commend yeah. them. Like I, I don't know about you, but like for anybody who takes the intellectual courage to be able to step in and go, you know what? I was this way. I thought this way and I screwed up. I mean, I have so much respect for me. 
Like, you know, whether yeah, someone does that. 100%. And uh, yeah. because it's just, and this is goes with anything. Like we, you know, we're, this is, could be in relationships or it could be the way you view the world and certain things. Like I have this, I've been flip-flopping through many different topics in my life because I don't know, I'm not an expert at everything, nor do I try to actually be one. And, and sometimes like I've gone through life and, and say, you know what? Yeah, I kind of messed up. We just talked about this with my kids. It's like, yeah, you know what? I, I messed up. And it's, it, that takes a massive amount of courage, I believe, to go to, to say to someone like, yeah, my thoughts on that was uh, irrelevant and wrong. But it's like, it's a, that's why I find it really interesting about balancing between that social intelligence, uh, social courage and versus the intellectual courage. Because yeah. I think they kind of go hand in hand. It's huge. And like you said, you're going to get validations. And if you take a stand in a particular view, you'll be the voice of people who have a shared view. What happens to all of those people when suddenly you go, I used to think this, now I think that. Suddenly it creates confusion in everybody else. And you'll probably get backlash from people, not because you considered more information, but it's like, hey, man, you changed the rules. Or we 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 went down this. So I agree with you. That takes a lot of courage as well, and we don't appreciate just how hard that is for a lot of people to to change a perspective and view because they challenge their own assumptions and their, and you know and, and beliefs. So I think that's a huge one. Which I think you gain a lot of trust and credibility when you do that. Like when you're able to kind of question your own assumptions, yeah. that it just goes. It's just more proof that you are more believable. Because you're yeah. not just believing just because just on one research or you've done it one way, you've actually thought through the gamuts of decision making and, and actually come to, you know, certain type of reasoning. And you also know, like, hey, this person has done the work and also may be wrong. I think there's a lot yeah. of times like we've done, like a lot of times we just can't say like, I like fully believe in this. Well, like really anything you, any, I remember just listening to someone says, anytime you say, I believe X. That's not true. Like you don't know if it's true. Like anything is like that's just it's a belief. It could be proven wrong at some point. You know. Yeah. The only thing that's true is like any, the hard evidence. Like this is a mic. Okay. Like that's that's true, right? But anything else, I believe X. Well, hey, right there and then, like it's most likely can be proven wrong at some point. So it's being able to go. Yeah. You know what? This is my opinion. You know, and then and then learn to kind of navigate through that uh, based on, on yeah. what we were talking about. And before I get to number six, which anybody who's listening you was going, okay, you've got to finish off with number six. Don't finish before you go. That's for next episode. Um, No, no, we we can't tease it out. We can't tease the people for that um, already. But it's like if you overlay all of the six things that we're talking about today, whether it's in your life, your world, your business, there are going to be multiple opportunities and situations where you're going to be asked to confront social courage, intellectual courage, emotional courage in your work, in your your relationship with your kids, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not like – the reason why we shared this was because it's equally applicable to multiple areas of your life and world. And so that's something to remember because you might suddenly go, hey, they were talking about it in terms of this, but this is just equally as applicable in that area. And that's that's really the power of this kind of a discussion is that there's multiple directions that they can go. Yeah. So the sixth one, Lawrence, for people who uh, have been eagerly waiting for number six is spiritual courage. Mm. And spiritual courage it's kind of similar to intellectual courage, but the challenge is with intellectual courage, there will quite often be information that comes that may answer a, a question that may change things. But spiritual courage, what happens when the, you don't have the answers? You know, when you're dealing with life and death and why does this happen and how come there's in a, all these kind of experiences in life that don't necessarily have an answer, you're actually then dealing in your own personal growth and transformation. And to me, the courage to... You know, if you've been doing life one way and you suddenly go, I need to do things differently, it takes a lot of courage to 
reinvent yourself, almost get to the point of like getting to the ashes and rebuilding again. And sometimes that's that's the spiritual journey of being prepared to let go of identity and attachments and and all that you knew and gave you certainty, which is really, there's an element of spiritual courage that we've both gone through that I think, you know, a lot of times that's the recurring thing people say. It's like we had to let go of identity, attachments, our own growth, confront all those kind of things we've talked about along the journey. And this is this is a tough one because there's not, isn't always a, a right and wrong answer. It's just the growth and journey that we're all on. Yeah, I, I've always loved, I'm going to screw this up, I think, but there's this quote around that we're not, you know, we're not human beings, you know, going through a spiritual journey, but we're spiritual beings who are, you know, living in a human experience. Yeah. And, Wayne Dyer talks about that. You didn't, you didn't stuff okay, it up. You yeah, got it perfect. right on. I was hoping my spirit would just kind of like just let that flow and just come out of nowhere. Channel, channel you channeled in a, in, a, in a Wayne Dyer yeah, and you got that absolutely. one out. And, awesome. and to me, I, I learned that or heard that probably maybe like 25, 30 years ago and it just resonated mm-hmm. with me and, and it's been sitting in my brain and to remind myself once in a while and thanks for bringing this up again because it just reminds me of doing that it's like you know we we are just going through this human experience that we are going through and and those are and the human experience requires you to go through all the emotions that we've been talking about you know all obviously the love happiness but that joy but that also has to be balanced out with anger frustration and fear and this is you know courage as we've been talking about is is part of that journey it's that we have to find something within ourselves and it's how much are you willing to step in how much are you willing to engage how much are you willing to to step into all six of these you know courages that we've been talking about and spiritual is that ability to be able to go are you able to let go of the identity that you have for yourself and i think this is what we've been talking about like i was thinking about like as i was going through this as we were talking it was like these courages all require you to shake up your identity and that's really tough, right? Because we all need identity to kind of label ourselves or at least, you know, find a place in tribe and a community, right? Or figure out where we place in the world. But at the same time, every time we label ourselves and identify ourselves in a certain way, all of a sudden then we have to learn to to let go of that identity to take on a new one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's that's the challenge. I think this is what we've been discussing really it comes down to that courage of all of those things to fight against them. that spirituality, spiritual courage. I take it is fighting through that. Is that allowing the spirit to live that next human experience, whatever that might be. And rather yeah, than just the same one. Yeah, totally. And it, it depends on, you know, people, you know, there's, there's spirituality comes in through here. It's not necessarily religion. We're not talking religion but we're talking the spiritual journey that we all go through. You know, what's the meaning of life? You know, what's my purpose? You know, what's my spiritual journey? All those kind of questions, those big pondering questions that we all have that we don't always have an answer to, this is the realm of that. And it's really the courage to keep growing, keep expanding, keep learning, keep improving self, which is really, it takes a different form of courage to all of those other ones and and it's no less scary i was listening to uh an interview with um i can't remember who which podcast i was listening to but it was with naval ravikant and he talked a lot yeah. about a single player game a single player game and you know living uh in a single player game and also playing games you know in games we have you know games we have uh, sorry the game of life we have multiple games we play financial game relationship games and stuff and he said the trick is to in order to to become successful whatever quote-unquote successful means or happiness is really about learning to play a game and this is with derek sivers as well he talks a lot about yeah. this is like winning it's learning to play a game and then once you won the games and knowing to step away 
from that game mm-hmm. and to play a different game. You don't have to continue to be the better, better, better player, you know, to get better in that game over and over again. It's like if you won Monopoly and you're like the king and you've actually reached the top, like you don't need to continue playing just to prove to everyone else that you're the king. Like you can just walk away and learn how to play, I don't know, a game of life or, you know, a scythe yeah. or, you know, Catan or something else. So it's like, it's really interesting to kind of think that way that, and, and that's, it brought me to even my career, for example, as a chiropractor, you know, I felt like, I mean, I achieved everything. And I don't know how I got this feeling 10, nine, 10 years ago. I just felt like I've done everything I could. I didn't think I would get there that fast, but I think I've won that game. I don't like, mm-hmm. and I had to make a conscious effort to, find the courage to go, you know what? I think there's a different game for me to play. And I think I've done it all. And to fight against all my friends, colleagues, and everything that I said up to that point that I was going to practice till the day I died, like all of that thing yeah. took yeah. a massive amount of uh, time and courage to be able to fight that and go, no, I think you're done with this game. And I think yep. that there's another game for you to play. And that's hard to do for anybody, but it's also available for anybody to do. And so yeah, nice. the game of life has multiple games. Know when you won, know when you can step away and play another game. Yeah, I like that. So Lawrence, I'm going to summarize and wind up and let you finish off. What I would like people to take away from this particularly is that courage is not a one-size-fits-all form of, of, of courage. There's multiple avenues, and that's what we talked about, six. There are probably some more, but they're the six that keep showing up, and I found a lot of understanding in them. The key is that at any one time, you're going to be confronted by any one of those. And just because you are excellent and able and comfortably lean into one form, in another form, you may be paralyzed by it, and, and sheer terror stops you leaning into that area, which ultimately holds you back in some way, shape, or form whether it's in your capacity to connect with people, whether it's in your capacity to find fulfillment and joy in life or or find the ultimate joy within what it is that you do. So I think the purpose of today was really just to create an awareness around that and perhaps explain to people why certain areas of their life may be working really well or may be challenged because there are areas or things that they need to lean into to help them develop and become who they need to be in order to progress and move to the next level of growth or fulfillment in there. So uh, I think that's for, um, that's all I'm going to say. Lawrence, I'll let you wind up and summarize and, and close this out. Sure. There's probably two things I want to say regards to courage. I think one, thank you for bringing up the topic, Jim. Like that's been awesome to go through each six of those. And hmm. I would say that I think we need to challenge ourselves beyond the physical courage and social courage, which most people tend to kind of go after. I think they're the other four are just as important, if not more important than those first two. I would challenge people to take on the other four uh, courages in their life some way or another. The second thing I would say is that I think in order for you to actually have courage, you need to start to commit to something. We talked about this earlier with the four C's. You got to commit to something. When you commit, there's actually all, all of a sudden you got fear and then fear that pops up. That's when the courage occurs. And the courage is like that second step. When you're actually able to find that courage, then the work begins. That's when you actually have to find all the capabilities that you need to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish. And without that courage first, though, it's really difficult for you to actually go and explore and what you don't know because you wouldn't have stepped in the ring. And until you get into the ring, you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what you're missing. So therefore, the courage is that first tipping point, just like awareness is. And then that's when the learning begins is after the courage occurs, not Mm -hmm. before. 
So you don't need to know things before the courage happens. It's usually when you know things is after the courage has happened. So uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and it was a great one. I felt that was uh, going through the, some six things I didn't think about. I'd love for you guys to maybe comment or maybe uh, message us around what is the strongest courage that you ever done or maybe what, and then also maybe what is the weakest courage that you need to kind of d- dive into. So I'd love to hear more about that guys, please make sure you share this podcast with everybody else uh, on Spotify, on iTunes, on YouTube, wherever you can find this podcast, please share it with us because that's the way we can uh, get the message across to more people because we want to make an impact until next time, please subscribe to us and we will see you on the next episode of Wabi Sabi. Thank you.